Shrinkage is not good, you know, because no one likes shrinkage today. No. The big question is this. How investors like us have learned all in the silver spoon, successfully investing in property to create a passive income and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Markoski and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski method. Join us. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Excellent. It's George Markoski from Positive Property. I've got Charmaine here with me. Hello and welcome, Charmaine. Hi, George. Lovely to see you again. And hi, everyone. Excellent. Now, we've got an exciting show tonight. Um, I'm going to be talking about I'm going to be talking about Monopoly, Monopoly Money, the RBA. And as my title said, the, the RBA has just announced they're going to be printing $100 billion Ooh. to put in the economy. And uh, they're going to be putting in $5 billion a week. And what does this really mean for you? Well, I'm going to go through that and explain that. If you can hear us and see us in the chat, just say hello. Um, you know, say hello. Um, what we're going to do is um, we're going to talk about a few different things today. And um, one thing I want to talk about is one thing about our company is we work with our core values, as everyone yeah. knows, you know, heart and have fun and things like that. And a lot of people ask me why, you know, what's the story of these core values? Why are you doing these core values? And I just want to explain what we're doing and why we're doing it. Basically, when you've got a company working from core values, one thing about it is we're all aligned and we all know where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy. But the best part about it is it's really easy to make decisions when you've got when you know your core values. Otherwise you don't know what you're doing. That's you right. <laughs> so you look at our core value, um, everybody wins. Well, if someone's losing in the equation, then we just won't do that transaction. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, so that's very, very important. And one thing about companies with core values, and it's unfortunately it's rare today. There's not a lot of companies that have got core values and live by them. You know, there's you know a handful that I know of. And the good part about core values and companies is if you've got a company you're dealing with them and they've got core values, then even if they change staff or change things, they're still going to be treating you and acting the same as they do. Correct. Yeah. It's quite consistent. Because you might get a staff member changing, but if the same core values, you're still going to get the same service and still going to treat the same way. And the great thing about core values as well is that, you know, as um, yourself, you can align yourself with a company based on their core values. And if those core values are in alignment with yourself and your own personal life as well, which is great. Mm-hmm, exactly. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to tell you a little bit about the news about the property market and what's happening. And then after that, we're going to go into Q&A. So if anyone's got any questions, start typing them now because uh, Charmaine's going to be monitoring them. And after that, we're going to be going through a few different things. But basically, you know, the RBA announced they're going to be printing another $100 billion. You know, Now, the economy is already back on track. That's it's actually going really good. And they've just decided to inject another $100 billion into the economy. Now, where do you think that money ends up? I don't know, George. Tell us, where does the money end up? <laughs> I okay. think we all want to know. Yes. Let's work out where the money ends up. Well, what happens is the money goes into businesses who employ people who can now afford a house. It goes goes to regular people so they can stash away for a deposit. It goes towards renovations, which increase the price of houses. 
goes into consumer spending, which goes into business, whose owners can now get into the property market. So all roads lead to Rome. All the money, so all the roads lead to Rome and all the money leads to property. That's basically what's happening. It's fantastic. And see, this is the thing though. This sort of boom size is very rare because the, the RBA is already, um, its books is over already $200 billion, which is massive. So now they're going to put another 100 billion in. Now you've probably heard about what happened to Bitcoin. You know, who's been following Bitcoin? Who's invested in Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin now is around $60,000 Australian. Oh, wow. It's really gone up a lot. It has. And, you know, a lot of people asked me three, four years ago, should they invest in Bitcoin? And, you know, my theory is I've never heard of safe as Bitcoin. So I, I didn't say I didn't say you should invest in it. But I said, look, what you can do is you get half a percent or 1% of your money and put it into Bitcoin. Mm. Because if you lost 1% of your money, who cares, Right. Yeah. However, if that 1% tripled, not bad. Mm. So what I did, I actually practiced what I preach and I put half of my money in and I've made a lot of money out of Bitcoin, heaps. Oh, congratulations, George. Yep. So I'm thinking maybe take it out and put it in the property. But maybe not as much as money you've made in property, though. Oh, well, no way. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. I mean, last year I made a million dollars out of property. I didn't make a million dollars out of Bitcoin. Because <laughs> <laughs> with Bitcoin... You can make a lot, but you can also lose a lot. And me personally, I prefer a tried and tested process, bricks and mortar and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what, five, what is $5 billion? $5 billion a week is going in to the economy, right? Which is um, pretty crazy. That is a lot of money that the RBA is pouring in. So it should be very exciting what happens. So... A lot of people get confused what's important when they're buying a house. Mm. So we're going to talk to people about what's important, how to decide what's important when you're buying a house. Because you can't have everything and you've got to be really clear on what you want and what you can't get and things like that. So, for example, we had um, a member recently that we were talking to and we found him a property. And this property is in the top 100. And as you know, top 100, that means out of 16,000 suburbs, these are the top 100 suburbs. Pretty exciting. And this member said, looked at this house, said, oh, look, looks pretty good, but it's not near a school. Mm. So we're not, we're not, we're really not sure about that. And got me thinking about rational thinking and about how to make a decision on something, right? And it goes a bit like this. So let's say, for example, you're buying a house. One, first step you've got to do is work out your purpose. Why are you buying it? Mm -hmm. Because there's lots of different purposes for a house. And really what we want to do is find the right purpose. And um, let's say, for example, you want the house to go up in value and you want capital growth. That's probably the main reason people invest in property is for capital growth. Would you agree on that? Yeah, definitely. High five. Capital growth gives you leverage to continue buying more. Yeah, exactly. So what we look at is what is important. And if you're investing in property, the number one thing you're looking for is a return on investment. When you invest in anything, that's what you're looking for. So basically, that's the way it is. So if you're looking to, for a return on your investment, then what you want to do is find out how do I get a property that's going to go up in value. That should be the most important thing. So being... That's the number one thing. 
when you compare it to another property, you've got to compare apples for apples. So let's say, for example, Charmaine, if I was showing you a property, helping you buy a property. Yeah, tell me. And you said, okay, what's important to you? You want to get capital growth. Capital growth, positively geared property. Yep. Okay, great. So I find a property and then we are live. Yes, excellent. Someone said we are live. That was me. Someone <laughs> said boom. Lisa, boom. Hello. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> For some reason, the, the thing didn't come up on here because normally yeah. um, in this app, there's, hey, guys, let's see if anyone can see my message. I'm going to write, hey, guys. Yeah, there's a chat. So usually we can see the questions here, but uh, it's not coming through. So I'm going to keep an eye on our Facebook chat. Yeah, because a few comments then I can't see them. So, yeah, so let's talk about what's important. So then we've got this member and they're going, okay, it's not near a school. Well, if buying near a school is important, then obviously you need a house near a school if that's important. Mm -hmm. However, if getting capital growth is important, being near a school is not so important. Well, yeah, that's right. Unless being near a school means capital growth. Yep. So there's a complex equivalence there because sometimes people think, okay, being near a school can be important because we're going to get more growth. Or does it mean, or do you want to just get a property that's going to go up in value? Mm. Who cares if it's near a school? Because if you had a choice between a property near a school or a property that goes up in value, what would you prefer? I definitely want the high growth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And that's that's the way you're going to look at it, right? Because there's prop there's properties that are near schools, they're near train stations, near shopping mm. centers, near all sorts of stuff. But really, we don't care what it's near. What we care is, is it going to go up or is it going to go down? So I guess that forms part of having that strategic thought process when you're looking at property. Exactly. But also what it does, it comes to, and this is what I want to get into, is knowing what's important, what's not important. Mm right? Because, and this is to do with everything in life, not just property. This is to do with even the person you marry, right? Because, yeah, very important partnership, yeah. that one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is blonde hair important to you or is personality important to you? You know what I mean? There's all this balance, balancing of stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I remember uh, one of my friends, she, she uh, met this new guy and she wasn't sure about him. I'm not going to mention her name, but anyway, what she did is she um, she goes to me. She goes, "Oh, you know, I've been seeing this guy, but he's a bit skinny." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, um, does it matter?" <laughs> well, I said, "Look, is is being skinny or not skinny up there on top of your list? Like, you know, obviously you've got a list of values of what's important to you. Is it up in your list?" She goes, "No." I go, "If it's not in your list, then it doesn't matter, does it?" <laughs> is he a nice guy? Is he cool? Right? She goes, yeah, he's awesome. I go, well, great. I mean, would you prefer someone that's skinny and awesome or someone that's not so skinny but not awesome? Like, you yeah. know, because you're out of everything and you, one of those balances. And once you get clear on what you want, it makes life easy. Yeah, but very you know, easy. And I'll give you another example, which is very interesting because um, Christina recently was working with one of our clients and she did a 40-minute session. They joined our program, the, the, the coaching program, the Markovsky Method, the Black Belt. And they, they, in their first meeting, they spent about 45 minutes. And in that 45 minutes, she saved them like 20000 a year. Oh, fantastic. Like in 45 minutes, which is great, right? And then see, what happens is a lot of people that join our program, they're like, well, how many meetings do we get? How long are their meetings? And the thing is, it doesn't matter. No. 
Because what's more important is what are you going to do for me in those meetings? Mm -hmm. I prefer actually to have a short meeting and get value out of something than a long meeting and get value. I mean, let's say you're saving 20000 right? And and you pay, you know, because our, our program's not, it's not a cheap program. It's um, it's good value, but it costs money, obviously, because mm -hmm. we're good at what we do. The thing is, though, we give really good value back. Most people make their money back in the first year, if not double, triple, quadruple their money, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But the fact of it is, you know, some people go, well, we want more coaching, we want longer hours, more this. But really, then they, it doesn't matter. If someone's going to save you 20 grand, I'd rather save 20 grand in a 45-minute meeting than spend 10 hours doing it. <laughs> more time for yourself then, isn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. It's a bit like um, I've got, um, I just had a shave today. And I've got uh, three barbers up the road. And one of them goes in, he's super quick. And I really like this guy. He's awesome. He just comes in. He's Lebanese guy. He's like... Straight in, straight out. Next. Straight out. The other guy, he sits there and takes his time. You know what I mean? He's an artist. The beard artist. I'd rather pay more money and get it done quickly and get out of there than spend longer. You know what I mean? Because in the old days, right, what used to happen is you used to pay per hour. Yeah. And the more, the longer time you got, the more value you got. Mm-hmm. That's completely reversed now and changed. Mm -hmm. So what's happened now is the shorter time you get to your goals and results, the more value you got. Yeah. You know, if I've got a personal trainer and I book him in two hours a week and he gets me great results, I'd rather that than a personal trainer for 10 hours a week. <laughs> I think we all would, George. Oh, 10 hours would be exhausting. And I've been keto all week. How's that so, going? Deep in ketosis. Um, I've got a deep ketosis headache. And I feel a bit foggy, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm starting to get better there. But I've been eating high fat all week. And what I've been doing, I bought this little keto meter. And um, I've been going around to different restaurants, different places. And I've been experimenting their dishes. So we've got a, we've got a little cafe up the road called Ore. It's in West Lakes, on, on the lake. It's a beautiful little place. And because I'm keto and I've got special dietary requirements, I bring my own bread, which is keto bread. <laughs> That's great, George. <laughs> it tastes like cardboard, but it's great because it's keto. Anyway, so I bring my own bread and they cook my bread for me, make me a little burger. Yeah. I went there with a friend of mine recently, Zoe, a friend of mine, and we went there and um, what happened was I've been experimenting because I've used their bread. And with their bread, I'm out of ketosis, done. So then I tried my bread and I was sort of borderline ketosis. So next time I came around, I said, look, give me half an avocado and pour olive oil all over it. Oh, nice. That's a bit of fat. Then after my meal now, straight into ketosis, which is great. Wow, that's fantastic. I love avocados. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> Can't go wrong I'm, with avocado. I'm going to get used to them. I mean, I really got to get used to them. Now, I don't know if you saw my Facebook. They recently printed um, uh, meat. a meat okay. and a steak. Yeah. Which um, is interesting. I mean, would you eat meat and a steak? It's made out of because it's made out of? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it's made out of meat or if it's made. I don't out know. Of I wasn't sure if you could actually eat it or if it was just purely for design and display. I don't know. You can eat it. It's there. I to can eat it. What wow. they're doing now is they're printing meat and making steaks out of real cells. Now, there's one place where they actually get your cells and make it out of yourself. I think it's a bit gross. <laughs> oh, that's just too much. That's too much. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I, 
I've heard about self-love, but that's just going a little too far. It is, it is. I think so, definitely. And look, um, I I think the whole industry of animals and light is changing completely. It certainly is. Yeah. And we're going to, um, I think one good thing about it is there's going to be less cruelty to animals and it's going to be a lot better for everyone. Yeah. The thing is, though, we're going to have to get our minds around eating dead animals and eating printed animals instead. <laughs> right? Uh, but I reckon once the technology gets good enough, the food's going to be better than yeah. what we've got now. And imagine down the track, you'll be able to, let's say, for example, you feel like lobster, you'll be able to download the recipe, press the button and make lobster. Yeah, that makes it very easy in the kitchen. And it'll be the same price as chicken or vegetables or anything else that you want. Yeah, wow. And then after that, they'll be, be able to create new things, new flavours that are even better, new textures and flavours. And there'll be amazing chefs online and all they do is make a recipe and you buy the digital download and they're going to be able to make millions out of this and they're going to give everyone a lot of value. Wow, it's amazing where technology is going, isn't it? Yes, because at the moment, and this is interesting because all of this comes back to property. I'm going to loop around and explain how it gets back to property. But so at the moment, if we want to eat a burger, we got to grow grass and grain, get a cow in the paddock. It's a lot of wasted energy. Eat the grain. <laughs> create a lot of methane, create carbon footprint, whatever it is, you know, yep. lots of stuff there to kill the cow and you got to throw a lot of it out and mm. a lot of um, unnecessary pain, unnecessary wastage. Yeah. What are we really doing? What we're doing really is getting um, some plants and putting in four different vats, fermentation vats, which is inside the cow, and the fermentation vats are walking along eating grass. Now, what if we just got the fermentation vats and just put the material straight in there and made it directly? Mm. Much more efficient. Yeah. Efficiency would be huge. It's amazing. It will make... Um, You'll be able to feed the whole world so much cheaper and better and healthier. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so that's the difference. And see, what's happening is everything's getting demonetized. Mm. Through demonetization, we get democratization, which is really cool because what happens is, for example, a long time ago, if you wanted the Encyclopedia Britannica, you had to be pretty rich. Just go to K KFC champ. We've got. <laughs> I heard about the story about um, Colonel Sanders. Yeah. And Colonel Sanders goes, we call it chicken. You call it chicken. Let's just call it chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what it is really? Yeah, I, um, I actually love KFC, but I can't eat it because I'm gluten-free. Yeah. But Belinda promised me she's going to make me some KFC. Oh. We, we, Yes, because you guys are coming down. Because what happened was yeah. we went to uh, Barossa Valley recently. An old friend of, our, of ours, Brett Duran, great guy, he married um, Maggie Beer's daughter and he created his distillery, his gin shop. And we went to Maggie Beer's farm and we ended up having some Maggie Beer KFC. It was the best KFC ever, gluten-free, made rice flour, so amazing. So there you go. Um, so, yes, so what's happening is demonetization, democratization. So, for example, cyclopedias back in the early 1900s were only for really, really rich people. Mm. But then in the 80s, because my parents bought one, you could get a cyclopedia, get a loan because it cost two grand. And back in those days, two grand when you could buy a car and then pay it off. 
And my parents spent three years paying off the encyclopedia to help me. Um, you know, some door-to-door salesperson came in, showed me the encyclopedia, said, oh, if you want your son to be successful, if you keep kids to be successful, buy an encyclopedia. It was actually oh, really cool. Because look at you now. <laughs> it was because I was a bit of a nerd and I loved reading the encyclopedia. So I'd get home from school and open up the encyclopedia and just start read articles. Like, loved it. What a nerd. Anyway. <laughs> but most people could not afford an encyclopedia. It was unattainable. But now, Wikipedia, anyone can do it with a smartphone in the world just about. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Yeah, that's and, right. And 10 times better and more accessible. So everything's becoming cheaper and easier to access, including electricity. I mean, I've got a battery and a solar power. So guess what? I, I hardly pay any electricity at all. Mm-hmm. I'm self-sufficient with that. However... There's one thing they're not making more of. Property. That's right. <laughs> and when everything else gets cheaper, what happens to property? That's right. It goes up because, and the reason it goes up because people have got more uh, disposable income and therefore more competition for the limited resource that we've got. And the one limited resource we've got is property. That's right. Just about everything else is unlimited and it's becoming that way more and more. And if you look at what's happening in the federal, you know, with the, R- the RBA, Royal Bank of Australia, they're printing more money. Well, what happens when they print more money is if you've got money in the bank, your money is shrinking. It's like a shrink ray shrinking your money. You know, I don't know if you heard my podcast two, two weeks ago, but um, I did the calculations. The current interest rate at the moment, it's going to take 80 years to double your money. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you'd almost have to get cryogenically frozen after you put it in the, in the bank. <laughs> to get benefits. <laughs> get your money back. You know what I mean? Like, crazy. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. You get this money, invest it, and then get frozen. Freeze <laughs> yourself and come back 200 years later and go, yes, done. Finally, I've got the money to live the life I've dreamed of. <laughs> That's right. And look, and if you want to freeze yourself, that could be a good option, but if you want to avoid freezing yourself, maybe property might be a better idea. Yeah. Get you the same results while still living and breathing. Yeah, what are your choices? Get frozen and wait 100 years, property, and wait 10 years. Yeah. But, you know, so for people that complain about property is slow, compared to the bank, it's not slow. It's very fast. No. Like property is like a tortoise. It, it's consistent and keeps going the right direction, which is great, where, um, you know, You've got Bitcoin, which is all over the shop. It goes up and down and all over the place and you can make money and everything else like that. Mm. Ha, ha, stop laughing. Why do I think that's Belinda? I could be wrong, but... <laughs> but uh, Belinda's out, up, out in a yacht at the moment. Oh, is she? Oh, fantastic. There you go. Lifestyle. Exactly. So lifestyle, exactly. Reaping right. the rewards of her portfolio. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the sort of options we've got. But the... the the bad part is people that have got their money in the bank, it is shrinking. Mm. Shrinkage is not good, you know, because no one likes shrinkage there. No. No, exactly. Well, maybe talk a bit more about how property uh, increases, George. Well. You talked about the, the you know, the, the, the money shrinking and, and going down. So how does, instead of freezing yourself, for 10 yep. years, how does that look if you were to go down a property path and property investing? Well, property averages, um, property doubles every 7, 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. 
right? And what happens is it all depends on the inflation. And what's happened is we've had a very low inflation over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. really low, super low. And even in low inflation, property has doubled over the last 20 years twice. So it's quadrupled. Yeah. The fact of it is now, though, at the moment, we're about to, we're heading into something that no see, unless you were around in the 80s, mm-hmm. which I was, <laughs> don't, don't know what this is like, but I've experienced this before. So a lot of people probably haven't experienced this before. Yeah. We have got, we have got something pretty exciting happening at the moment where, and I've, I've experienced this the way it is now, because what's happening is we've got low interest rates and high inflation. Because normally you've got high interest rates, high inflation. Mm-hmm. So back in the 80s, interest rates were 24%. Wow, that's really high. So think about that. You know, you borrow, if you borrow money, you had you had to work your ass off to pay it back. But inflation was high. So if you invested it in property at 24%, you still made money. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's hard to believe, but yeah. Worthwhile. I remember when I was investing in the 90s, you know, I was, we were getting interest of 9%. Wow. And we thought that was good. I was like, wow, 9%, that's so cheap. Buying <laughs> more, right? And look, some people said, oh, 9% is too expensive. Why are you doing that? And this is going back to what's important, what's not important. I mean, yeah. that property I bought in the 90s, I paid 170000 for. Now it's worth 850000 Great. And that was back in 98, 99. So really, nearly 2000. So, and even though it was 9% interest, it sounded expensive at the time, but, you know, I've made, you know, how much have I made? Um, 600, $700,000 out of this property. Who cares about the percent? Right, the <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? It all depends on your, long, your long-term goal. But I think what's happening now is because we've got low interest rates, high inflation, and what's happening, What the reason high inflation is because the RBA is printing a shit ton of money, right? So when you're putting $5 billion into the economy. Okay, we've got a question here, George. Can you yep. I'm going to finish this thought first, though. Yes, please. So, um, so what's happening at the moment? If the RBA are putting in $5 billion in the economy, that is like having a balloon, let's say... Um, the value of property is like a balloon. Yeah. You're pumping it up with $5 billion into the general area of that balloon. What do you think is going to happen to the balloon? Oh. That's right. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger and it's going to grow. And so, yeah. so we've got someone's asked a question. Um, so what they're saying is I have a scenario. If you have borrowing capacity of 900000 would you buy a property for eight fifty, or would you buy three at three hundred each and diversify I wonder if the number one area in the top 100 will be outperformed with the average in the top 100. Good question. And I'm going to go through each question at a time. The number one area in the top 100 will not outperform the rest of the top 100 because it's statistics. So, you know, um, if I'm in the t- if I'm in like number one or number 50, number one may not that may not outperform number 50. It'll probably do around the same. However, I know the top 100 is going to outperform the other 16,000 suburbs in Australia because there's such a disparity. Yeah. So I know the bottom 100 are all going to underperform badly, but the top one on the list, the bottom one on the list are just as bad. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing with the top 100 and with the statistical research 
is with statistics, you're looking at generalities. So if sub, if I've got suburb number seven or suburb number eight, number eight may up, 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 outperform number seven easily. It could happen easily. But usually they're going to be pretty similar. Yeah. And what happens is the top 100 normally outperform the top of the market by 20%. I'm talking top of the market, not the average market. They, they, they destroy the average market, which is even better, which is exciting. And that's why I love the top 100. It's very important because I'm, I've always was looking for a safe way of having a number to tell me if something's good or bad because most investors and what they do is they go, okay, this property is near a house. I mean, near, near it is a house. It's near a, <laughs> near a school, school or near a railway line or it's um, something near a shopping centre, right? And yeah. I've done that in the past. Yeah. yeah, they're building a new, you know, if they build a new Westfield for a billion dollars, it's going to push properties up. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's how value in the property market goes up anyway. When the government spends money and builds a bridge and builds a school and builds a shopping centre, then that pushes prices up. But we don't know what that number is. But with the demand supply ratio, we can get a real number that tells you. So I think what I would prefer, um, would I buy... $850,000 property? No way. I would buy three. Mm. And I'd get them in separate areas. Because the, the thing is, if you buy one property, eight fifty, one, it's a big price point, And you're not going to get the four and a half to five and a half percent we're looking for. You're probably gonna get two to 3%, maybe even less 1% return on that property, which is going to make a very negative gear. <clears throat> and the problem with negative geared properties is you're not going to get the cash flow. And if you don't get the cash flow, you're not going to live a lifestyle now. You're waiting for one day in the future to live a good life. Mm. We don't want that. No. Now, I'm not looking for cash flow properties either because most cash flow properties are out in the middle of nowhere, in the, in the middle of one-horse towns, and you get good cash flow there. You're getting 10% return in somehow, one-horse towns. But if you're getting more than 5.5% return, I'd worry because what's going to happen, it means that the prices are too high. Yeah. And what's going to happen is not going to go up in value. And so, great, you've got cash flow now, a little bit of cash flow, but when you retire, you've got nothing. Mm. You've got cash flow, you haven't had any capital growth because capital growth creates cash flow, mm -hmm. right? So if i got $4 million worth of property in this year, which would be 10 properties worth $400,000 because I'd diversify it because it'd be a lot safer. Um, how, does, how, does, how does diversification work? Let me explain. So what happened Venice? Everyone, I don't know who's been to Venice. I've been to Venice. Not yet, but it's on the to-do list. <laughs> yep. So um, I've been to Venice. Venice is a beautiful place. And Venice, back in the old days, was a very powerful city-state. And the merchants of Venice, what they used to do is they'd like to go to the east, to the Orient, to pick up spices, bring them back to Italy, and then make a fortune. Mm -hmm. Problem was, we had the Ottoman Empire down past that to go past the Ottoman Empire, which was quite dangerous. So the problem was one out of 10 ships used to get raided and killed and kidnapped and whatever, right? Pirates. Pirates, exactly. <laughs> so the challenge was you could put all your money into a ship, take it over there, you get big rewards, but you might lose it all completely. Mm -hmm. So they invented this thing called insurance. And what they did is they got 10 merchants together, they'd buy a ship each, and then they go, okay, what we're doing, we're going to share the load. And if someone loses their ship, we all get one-tenth anyway. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they diversified the risk. 
And by diversifying the risk, they made more money. And what the Venice did, what Venetians did, that's what I do myself, my positive my portfolio, is what I do is I buy many properties in different areas so I can diversify my risk. Mm. So two houses in two separate areas, a lot safer than one house in one area, and three houses more safer than two houses. And the more houses you have, the safer you are. Mm. It's funny how people, you know, they buy one or two properties and they go, oh, shit, I'm scared of buying more because, you know, I don't want all this extra um, debt and risk, right? But actually, the more properties you have, the less risk you have. Mm. Because if, you've got 10, if you have 10 properties and one of them's shit, <laughs> you're going to lose 10% of your portfolio. Not 10%, but a small part of your portfolio. But if you've got one property and it's a bad property, what's going to happen to you? <laughs> right? So I always say diversify. Mm. And what I say is the most important thing is you've got to diversify. Make sure in the top 100, diversify and get three different properties. And I wouldn't even get them in, I'd get them in the opposite parts of the town. Like if I buy one north, next one I'm buying down south. <laughs> then the third one I'm getting in another state. Because what I want to do is I want to sprinkle my properties all around Australia. At the moment I'm buying in Brisbane. And then I'm not going to buy any more in Adelaide, but then a lot of our clients are going to get them to help them buy in Adelaide, but I'm probably going to Perth next after that. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to get four more in Brisbane before I do that. Christina wants to get five. <laughs> <I'm getting> four. <laughs> I love it. There's another question here too for you, George. Yep, excellent. Now, uh, that question, who, what was their name? Um, it's not showing up, so we do apologise. We'd love to personalise and, and, and say hello, but it's just not showing up as your name. So, um, oh. I'm going to have a look on here, but let's read the other, if you want to read the other comment. The other comment actually is from Erin. I can see it on my phone. So Erin Rachel Dutton. So have you heard about the plan for Neom Super City Plans? How do you think it will affect investment properties outside the immediate uh, city limits? Andrew, it's Andrew. Oh, thank Andrew. you, Andrew. Andrew, hope you're well, Andrew. Yeah. Um, look, why are you buying in Brisbane? Who's that? Uh, not sure. That hasn't come up on my Facebook. Must come through another feed. Yeah, probably on my personal one. Okay, yeah, the reason I'm buying in Brisbane is because Brisbane's getting a lot of interstate migration. So what's happening is most states are losing the interstate migration. We're not getting any international migration at the moment. Mm-hmm. So most people are moving to Queensland and in Queensland specifically to Brisbane, Sunshine Coast and obviously the Gold Coast. And because of that, the population growth, the economy and everything else like that, that's the reason I'm doing it. What's happening is Sydney and Melbourne at the moment, they had their peak. Um, they've got a massive challenge. I mean, the big problem with Sydney and Melbourne at the moment is the units. Mm-hmm. Units, units um, so... Melbourne unit rents have dropped over 9% in the last six months. Is that kind of because of COVID or? Yes, because of COVID. I'll tell you why. Melbourne and Sydney are very international cities and they normally have a lot of students and they also have a lot of migration. We don't have that. Because in Australia, if we didn't have migration, we'd be losing population every year because we've got more people dying than getting born. Mm -hmm. So we're one of those first world countries, no one's having kids. Wow. Everyone's having too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, and so we need those, that migration to happen. So you look at Japan, Japan doesn't have any migration. 
Mm. And their population is slowly shrinking bit by bit, getting smaller. But their population is also aging. They've got a lot of old people. And because they haven't got that many young people in Japan, even though it's a first world country, if you go to Japan and go to the hospital, your family needs to bring you food to feed you. Mm. Can you believe that? Like, you can understand maybe in a third world country where you've got to bring your own food to the hospital, but in Japan, you'd be surprised for that to happen. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yes. So Japan's are heavily investing into robots and trying to get robots to look after their people. They're creating sex bots, robots to look after old people. <laughs> oh, yes, I reckon sex bots would be very popular. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone marries a sex bot sooner or later. I think it's already happened, hasn't it? I think I saw a documentary or something talking about it, but... Uh... <laughs> well, funny, funny thing happened. When I met Christina, the fringe show was on, and one of my friends, he's quite eccentric, um, and he was actually marrying his dog and invited us to the ceremony. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I, just met, I just started dating Christina. I went, Christina, do you want to go to a wedding with me? She goes, oh, sure, awesome. And I said, yeah, but just letting you know, it's a friend of mine who's marrying his dog. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> Is that real consent? How <laughs> does the dog consent? That's so funny. I know, I know, exactly. Well, Did you um, answer that other question about uh, the Neom Super City plan? Okay. The Neom Super City, I've got no idea what that is. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm very curious about that. Yeah, look, they've always they've spoken about all these super cities and things like that. But the fact of it is, you know, we're pretty traditional here in Australia. I don't think we're going to build any super cities at this point in time that we know of. We don't have that much of a population growth. It's happening slowly, but we can handle it quite well. Mm -hmm. And most people, what's happening now is they're moving in around the areas and we've got a lot of fill-in areas. That's why um, you look at Brisbane. They reckon Brisbane area, Brisbane, uh, Gold Coast, and Sunshine Coast, it's like going to be a, like a mega sea. It's going to be bigger than Melbourne. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be Sydney. The adverts... Well, the Neom Super Cities have been on South Australia TV over the last two weeks, George. Okay, I'm going to look it up right now and have a look. Yes, I'm a bit curious. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. Yep, I don't watch TV, so that's the problem. Yeah, neither you know? do I. So. Or maybe that's the solution. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neom Super Cities. And that's also from Erin Dutton as well. Yep. Thanks, Erin. Okay. A bold vision, a living laboratory and hub for innovation, a sustainable ecosystem. Okay. Neom is happening in Saudi Arabia, $500 billion megacity. Oh, wow. Yep. Look, in um, the Middle East, they're doing some interesting things with, um, with all this stuff because they got a lot of money from oil. And what they're doing is trying to do some interesting things with oil um, and have all these sustainable, smart cities and things like that. So it should be interesting what they come up with. Ah, yes. Thanks, yes. Yeah, look, it's interesting. There's, they're building a $500 billion megacity, which um, sounds like a pretty expensive city. 
Well, when you have a, a lot of money in oil, you can create and do amazing things. So imagine building your own portfolio and the amazing things that you can begin to do and create in your own life as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, Saudi Arabia is a long way from us. It's, it's planned for Australia too, George, worth looking to. Look, I'm, I'm always curious to check this out. I'm probably not going to be living in any Neo City. Neo, Neo City sounds very... <laughs> It sounds. I, I don't want to go there, but yeah. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like Nazi Germany, doesn't it? <laughs> Every country around the world. So there you go. I love um, learned something new today, George. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably have a, a bit of a ski resort in the Neon Super City and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> they're building a lot of big, big things in the Middle East at the moment. They're experimenting with a lot of stuff because they got you know. You know, there's a lot, there's a bit, bit of an idea what's happening at the moment is the experimenting universal basic income, the UBI. Okay. And what they're thinking about doing is giving everyone a wage. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah. And what are your thoughts? Do you think that's something that's viable or? Look, the world's becoming more prosperous, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I think um, that's good that the world's becoming more prosperous. Yep, the one who have ski resorts. I thought so. The South, the, the Middle Eastern countries are obsessed with ski resorts because they're such sunny places. So that's <laughs> the whole point. So they want to create these little domes and have little ski resorts in there where you can go <laughs> I guess it'd be a novelty, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Well, they're diversifying their land now, aren't they? <laughs> they're diversifying their land. The snow. <laughs> well, they built all those islands. I mean... Look at um, Dubai, they built all those islands. Yeah. So they, they actually built islands in the middle of the sea. And what an amazing project. Like, it was yeah. worth so much money. They built a ho the whole world, and you could buy your own country while you're in there. Wow. Yeah. But apparently they're sinking at the moment, so I wonder what's happening there. But there's so much going on there, it's crazy. I mean, one of our, one of our EA lady, Alicia, she comes from Dubai. Dubai is a pretty crazy place. I don't know if you've ever been there. To Dubai. I'm just uh, doing a, a time check where I think we've gone 20 minutes over. I think we're having well, fun, George. Okay, <laughs> okay, guys. So look, guys, we've gone over. I hope I've helped that person with the diversification. <laughs> yeah, but we definitely want to diversify. Diversifying is important. Yeah. And um, Saudi Arabia building ski. So let's, let's, uh, let's do a bit of recap. We spoke about really understanding why, what's important when you're investing in property and being clear on that and having a list of what's important and not not um, going away from that list because that's very important. Mm -hmm. Two, we spoke about what the uh, you know, Royal Bank of Australia are doing. They're printing $100 billion. They're putting in $5 billion a week. So think about it that way. It's pretty crazy. It's a lot of money. Mm. How's it going to affect you? Well, the people are going to spend more money. Businesses are going to make more money. People are going to have more money in there. People are going to do more renovations. Property prices are going to go up. That's the fact of it. Yeah. Um, that's why we're having one of the biggest booms ever. And then we spoke about keto, being keto. Values as well, the importance of values. The values, yep. And um, it's interesting about the importance of values because we got, you know, our values heart. The heart um, acrim, yeah. Yep, the acrim and, you know, what makes it easy when you've got values is you can make easy decisions. 
Yeah. And actually, we actually sacked someone that was part of it. They, they were, didn't work for us, but they were related to us, circular safety. We got we actually parted ways today because they didn't fulfill our values. Mm-hmm. They weren't being authentic mm-hmm. and they weren't being thankful and grateful. And we we value authenticity and transparency. Uh, yeah. David Rice from Sydney. David, thank you for your comment, mate. Excellent. Thanks, David. Yeah, so that's what we spoke about. So, guys, look forward to seeing you guys next week, next um, Wednesday night. And, Charmaine, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's been lovely connecting with you all here and learned something new today, so thank you all for that. <laughs> and we've got a special guest next week. So, Ooh. So Are we going to reveal or is it a surprise? It's going to be a surprise, okay. but not on the night. I'm going to reveal it in the group earlier than that. So, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Thank you, Charmaine. Bye. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful. And please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taken into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.